Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a sports eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. I was told that we should introduce ourselves each episode so our new listeners know who we are. So let's do that. My name is Andre, and my co-host here on the European Hoops podcast is Diogo. How are you doing, Diogo? Hi, Andre. Everything's good. Uh, I'm Diogo here for, for any guys that, that don't know me yet. But uh, let's get to it, man. We have another episode today, so let's get to it. We start the episode with the great news that we will have Valencia back for the next Euro League season and that uh, they will be able to build up on their performance from the season that just ended. Personally, I feel that this is a deserved reward for the, their good performances during the season. And before we start breaking down their Euro League season and we delve into it, tell me if you agree with me, but uh, Valencia performance uh, was very solid and uh, they played as a low-end playoff contender that seemed poised to add to their roster and uh, come back strong and ready to take a step forward, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I think they were a competitive team. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were competitive uh, throughout the season and they had a chance to, to make a final run and to try to achieve that eight spot, but they just uh, fell short. But uh, they were still very competitive, so let's talk about it. Let's dive I, into it. I'm pretty excited about... Uh, some pieces that Valencia has added and uh, I am very excited about what they can do and how high they can aim at being in this the next edition of the, the EuroLeague but let's look into the season that just ended and while we ate, wait for the next season, let's break down the, the one that just passed and look into how they did on the, this that was their seventh appearance in the EuroLeague. The team that has won the EuroCup several times has shown to be a top team of the European basketball And this season, they ended in 13th place, uh, just four wins away from the, the playoff spots. Their high-level guard play and good offensive pace made them an uh, enjoyable team to watch, particularly at home, where they ended with a positive record of nine wins and eight losses. But uh, Diogo will break down their style of play in detail later. So first, let's take a peek into their numbers. They ranked ninth on points scored per game at 81.8 and were 10th in offensive rating. But uh, their defense and rebounding were their weaknesses across the season. The team from Valencia ranked as the worst from all the competition in points allowed per game and in defensive rating, while being the third worst team in defensive rebounding. These were some of the factors that uh, stayed between this team and uh, the playoffs during this edition of the early. Duke, go ahead and break down Valencia playstyle and let, uh, let our listeners know what were their advantages and weaknesses that uh, they need to work on heading into the next season well uh, i think for for valencia um it was kind of an up and down season for them uh, especially like at a domestic level where they finished just eighth place in, uh, in acb but uh, as far as euro league like i said before they were very competitive for the for the talent they had uh, i'm not saying the team was not talented but compared to to the others 
and the, the playoff teams and the guys, the, the teams that finished ahead of the, them. Uh, I think they did lack a little bit of talent. Um, but again, the, the play style that they had, like shooting a lot of threes, like you said, one of the highest scoring teams scoring uh, around 80 points a game. Uh, it allowed them to be competitive and to stay in games because of their ability to shoot the ball. Uh, obviously, on, on the other end, though, they, they were very bad. Like you said, the worst defense in the competition. So I, I think they clearly missed uh, like a dominant wing to, to really make a difference. So um, I think they clearly missed a dominant wing to, to make a difference in there, uh, both offensively and defensively. But I think they did a, a good job uh, looking forward to, to next season, uh, adding Davis at, at center, uh, Brandon Davis from Milano, and adding Damian English and Sammy Ojale on the wing. Uh, I think they will be better uh, keeping Chris Jones. So it's just a matter of finding the, the right pieces to complement the core that they already have. Uh, I think maybe another big because Dublevich left and uh, another guard to, to back up Chris Jones or to play the two. Uh, would uh, Kyle Guy was close and that would have been fun. But uh, that's not an option anymore. But either way, uh, I think they're going to be better. And uh, I can't wait to see them compete. Absolutely. Valencia is one of the teams that is building a good roster. And uh, I think they are poised to give a step up and uh, continue to perform at a very entertaining level at the EuroLeague next season. But now we head into our players' breakdown. And uh, as always, we want to leave a note to players like James Webb III that is heading to Maccabi, Lopez Arostegui, Kyle Alexander, Shannon Evans, Vitor Claver, Puerto and all the players in this roster that contributed to this Valencia season. We won't be able to break down every single one of them as we will be focusing on the five that we believe that had the, the biggest impact. And uh, we start with the one that we named as the Valencia MVP for this season, Chris Jones, the 6'2", American with an Armenian passport. He's a 30-year-old guard that was on his third EuroLeague season. He's first with Valencia after playing the previous two with Maccabi and Asphal. In the 28 games played this season, Jones scored 13.4 points, 2.1 rebounds, 4.3 assists, and 1.1 steals in 30 in 23 minutes uh, played per game. Duke, why was Chris Jones the most valuable player of this uh, Valencia roster? Well, because he led them uh, like throughout the whole season. Uh, I think Dublevich was was a bit inconsistent and even missing some games. So I think Chris Jones was by far the best player. He he was a floor general for them. He's a very complete guard. He, he makes everybody better. He's a solid defender and he can score the ball. So I think he, he did a great job leading this team and pushing that pace to, to find open shooters. So uh, I think he's a very good guard in EuroLeague and uh, I can't wait to see them again next year with him leading the chart, but with a, a better uh, supporting cast around him. After breaking down the Valencia MVP for this edition of the EuroLeague, we're looking to other of their key players, Bojan Djublovic, that you had just mentioned, the 31 years old Montenegrin 6'9 big man. He's reported at the time of recording of this episode to be leaving this Valencia team that uh, already announced a replacement in Brandon Davis that played for Milano in the previous season. But let's first break down Djublovic and then we focus on how we think that Davis will fit with this uh, team that uh, is keeping players like uh, the MVP Chris Jones and very likely adding other players like uh, Sammy Ojale and I mean English that uh, we have mentioned and we will be previewing ahead of the, the start of the next season how all of these pieces fit and what we can expect of Valencia on the next edition of the EuroLeague. Djublovic was on his fifth EuroLeague season, all played for Valencia, team with whom he played for 11 seasons. This season, in 23 minutes per game, he recorded 11.7 points, 4.8 rebounds, 1.5 assists and 0.6 steals per game. He won the EuroCup twice with Valencia in 2014 and 2019, being named the competition rising star twice as well in 2013 and 
14 and having all Eurocup team honors in uh, four editions of the competition. He's a Euroleague level player that unfortunately won't be part of the competition on the next season, but putting the focus on the season that ended, what balance do you make of his performance? Honestly, it was a bit disappointing for me uh, because uh, I'm always used to seeing Dublevich be uh, such a key player for them and play at such a high level. And this year, I think he was a bit off. Uh, like I said before, I think Chris Jones was clearly and by far the, the best player for Valencia. Uh, as far as Dublevich, I think he, he has great footwork. Uh, he plays very good with his back to the basket. He, he can shoot. He can pass. Uh, he's just not athletic and he doesn't give them like a, a lob threat or rim protection at that elite level. Um, but I think as far as being a, a post and working on the post offensively, I think he's one of the best we, we had in EuroLeague. But uh, I just think he missed uh, a few games. He really wasn't consistent. And I don't really remember m many games from him this year uh, playing at a, a high level and, and putting up those numbers that I, I used to see him put up a couple years ago. So for me, it was kind of disappointing. But obviously, he, he is still a very good player. And he could still help any team in EuroLeague. It's just bad that he's not going to be in the competition this next season. Yeah, and uh, he's indeed a, a high-level player. He had a subpar season this year, but uh, he still was able to be one of the key pieces of this uh, Valencia team. But uh, let's talk about the, the replacement or one of the replacements that we will have and one of the additions for this Valencia team. What differences do you think that Valencia fans can expect between Davis and Jublovic and uh, how that can impact... Uh, the team next year or with their different play styles? Well, yeah, they are clearly different, but uh, they do have one similarity. Brent Davis can also shoot, uh, at least in the mid-range, he can be a, a good enough shooter. Uh, but then, like, as far as being a, a big man, uh, a center, they're very different because, obviously, Dublovic, uh, more of an inside guy, back to the basket, uh, footwork, post work. And Brandon Davis is more of a lob threat. He, he's at more, much more athletic. He, he's long. So I think it's going to be a bit different. It's going to give them different looks. Um, and I'm curious to see how, how Brandon Davis works with shooters around him and, and off the post if he can become a, a good enough passer to, to, to be a threat inside. Um, so I'm very curious to see how, how he's going to fit in Valencia. But uh, I think, again, I think the team overall will be better. So I'm expecting to see Brandon Davis also have a, a much better season this year than he had last year with Milan. For me, that's uh, the key. I think he will have... Uh a bigger role so he will have a, a better season yeah. just by the sheer fact that he'll have, his role will be bigger but uh, on the other hand um, I don't think he's a great playmaker and I wonder how a team that it's a lot about movement and card play and um, they play somewhat fast paced game how they will be able to incorporate him and how they will be playing on the next edition of the Euro League and that's certainly some something to, to stay alert and to keep an eye on to when we preview this uh, Valencia team but uh, from a big man we jump into the backcourt and we talk about Klaman Prepelic, the 6-2 30-year-old Slovenian guard that uh, has been drawing interest of several EuroLeague teams and uh, that uh, after seeing his role reduced this season, him and the club decided to part ways. At least it's what's reported at the moment of recording of this podcast. Prepelic was on his fourth EuroLeague season, his second with uh, Valencia, despite ranking only seven in PER for this uh, Valencia team. For us, he was one of the five key players on this roster with his ability to impact the game and uh, make this team uh, better when he was at his best during this uh, this season. 
for the season in only 18 minutes per game he averaged 7.1 points 3.1 assists and 0.5 steals per game besides breaking down properly to game i want i want to ask you do you see him being able to contribute at the highest level and contribute to a EuroLeague contender next season well i think nowadays uh, any team can use shooters and i think he's one of the best shooters uh, we have in europe so i, I think he belongs in euroleague uh, as far as a contender, I don't know what type of role he could have in a in a real contender, like in terms of minutes. But uh, but I think he can help any team, like to give them uh, good looks from three, to to hate those shots. I, I think obviously it's easier to play uh, for Slovenia with Luka Doncic because you are open <laughs> a lot more. But uh, but I think he's still a, a very good shooter, despite the percentages this year that were not great. Uh, he can get hot. He's a decent playmaker, but I would like to see him improve a bit uh, for other teams not to look at him just as a shooter. Uh, I think he, he has the ability to be more of a threat with the ball in his hands other than just shooting the ball. But yeah, I think he can help any EuroLeague team. So we'll see what happens with him. But uh, yeah, uh, playing with Luca is for sure easier. <laughs> yeah, and we will see him in the World Cup for sure that can give him some good looks for from other EuroLeague teams and it's not like they don't know the player that he is and I just think that what you were saying is is a key for Perpovic like for one side in 18 minutes per game he averaged over 3 assists per game that shows his ability to play make and create for others as well besides his shooting ability and with better talent around him and uh, with maybe slightly different play style he can really thrive and really contribute I don't think he, he will be a star for a contending team but I think he can be a very valuable piece for a team that is trying to contend with his ability to shoot and to play Mike and uh, I'm looking forward to see where he will end up next uh, next season because I think he can be a good piece for a good EuroLeague team but we stick to the backcourt players and we talk about Jared Harper the 25 years old 6'10 American guard that was on his rookie season on EuroLeague. Harper played 31 games for Valencia starting 5 of those and in almost 18 minutes per game he averaged 10.4 points 3.3 assists and 0.5 steals per game. He had some memorable performances during this season, including a 20-point game at home against Maccabi and a 9-assist game in Kaunas against Algiris. At 25, what makes Harper game special? And uh, can we expect to see more of him in, at the EuroLeague level moving forward? Well, I, I think, like you said, I think he's a very good scorer and he came off the bench a lot for Valencia, but he immediately provided a spark off the bench because he, he's a good player maker like you said he had that game with nine assists uh, but in, as far as scoring and f- maybe facil- I think he could be a better facilitator for other guys but but I do think he's more of a scorer so if he can develop the playmaking a little bit uh, which I think he's good at but I think it can be even better uh, I think he could help any EuroLeague team as well uh, he's a good player and he showed that he can bring uh, scoring and energy off the bench so I think any team can use that, that that's always a, a valuable a valuable player to have for players like Harper and I am thinking probably a different level of player and a different player with more experience in a way players like Carson Edwards for example it's a, a lot about the role that they can have and the situations that they are in it are players that can obviously score that can contribute at a high level but uh, the teams need to need uh, that from them because sometimes they can be limited in some other areas and uh, his size can be a problem on the defensive end of the floor 
but uh, he has shown flashes that for me are enough to to be hopeful that he can build a good early career and be a, a good contributor because he certainly has the ability to perform in the basketball court. But let's uh, head into the last player we will be breaking down on this episode. This time around, a front court player, Chaziel Rivero, the 29 years old, 6'9 big man from Cuba. Rivero ranked third in PER for this Valencia team this season, and he is, according to the reports that we have heard, uh, on his way out of Valencia. Rivero was also on his rookie season, playing 24 games and starting three of those. And in almost 90 minutes per game, he recorded 9.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 0.8 steals. Rivero was a Champions League winner with San Pablo Burgos in 2020 and 2021. Do you agree with me that Rivero shown that he is a Euroleague level player? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I agree with that. I think he's a very strong four. Uh, he has the size to play some five. Uh, I think he's decent in the mid-range. He's very strong inside. He's a good scorer in the paint. Uh, I just think he, he needs to get better at rebounding in terms of being a more consistent rebounder. Uh, like you said, he averaged around three rebounds a game and that's just not good enough. Uh, so I think if he can improve that, uh, I think he can be a very good player. But absolutely, he's a EuroLeague level player. I think so, yeah. He's already 29, but uh, I think he has shown that uh, he can be physical, he can do the hard work, and uh, at the very worst, he can be a third or a fourth big on almost any EuroLeague team. And I think he has a, a good few years ahead of him at uh, this EuroLeague level and will be a player that we will be seeing more of at, uh, at the EuroLeague. But let's uh, end this episode talking about Valencia head coach Alex Mombrú. Mombrú was a very successful Spanish basketball player, having won gold in the 2006 World Championship, silver in 2007 Eurobasket, silver in the 2008 Olympics, gold in 2009 Eurobasket and bronze in 2013 Eurobasket. He started his career as a head coach with Bilbao Basket in 2018 before moving to Valencia this season. What balance do you make of Mumbro's season and do you think he was able to maximize and take the most of this Valencia roster and this Valencia team that we just broke down? Well, I think it's kind of a similar situation to Basket with Panoroya. Uh, I think the way he, the play style he implemented on this team makes total sense for the players that they had, similarly to Panoroya with Basconia, like we've discussed already. Uh, I like how, he, how his team plays. Uh, I think he did a, a very good job with the roster they had. Uh, he gave them the best chance to compete uh, by using that running gun style with uh, a lot of three point shots. So I think with some more talent this season, uh, I think he can do a, a very good job at uh, leading this team to try to contend for the playoffs. Uh, it will be hard because a lot of teams have been putting in work and, and adding players. But I think Mumbrou is a, a very good coach. And I think he, he's had some years now uh, of experience. Uh, I think he, he might be ready to, to lead this team to the playoffs. So I'm curious to see um, what, what guys they, they are able to bring in uh, until the season starts. But uh, I think they're going to have a chance to be competitive enough to, to try and contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, when we talk Valencia and that comparison that you just made with Basconia, it makes total sense. Uh, Valencia was a slight level below Basconia in terms of uh, talent and roster depth, I would say. But in the other side, they both coaches were able to take the maximum that they could get out of their rosters. And in both cases, their issue was their defensive consistency. And that's something 
something that I believe both cases, and in this case, Valencia, that is the focus of this episode, they should try to address that and should try to improve on that end, but at the same time, not losing their identity that allow them to, to be highly competitive. And a good head coach, part of their job is to be able to, be able to balance both things. And I think Mombro showed good um, having the chops to, to do that. And I think that he will be able to continue to do a good job with this Valencia team on the next year league season. Let's uh, wrap up this uh, episode. Let us know what else would you guys like us to discuss regarding Valencia when we preview their next EuroLeague season and tune in for the last five team recaps that we have ahead with the next episode dropping Wednesday, followed by the start of our World Cup coverage after we end this um, this EuroLeague team season recaps. We will have no breaks and we will start heading and delving into the World Cup right away. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Ethos Euroleague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.